0: Sarah, welcome to Go For Side Effects. How are you doing today? Welcome.
1: Good evening. Thank you for
0: having me. Good. Well, everybody, right now I have uh, Sarah Boyd. She is uh, from the United States military, maybe a different year and everything, but let's go ahead and let's talk about, you know, tell us about yourself.
1: Sure. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for this opportunity. My name is Sarah Boyd, as you stated. the president and founder of Operation Truth, Go For, Illness, Suffering, Unite, which is a 501 C three, I put together to bring awareness to vaccine injury and the need for research. And I will get into that later, but to get into my military career, I joined the Army on active duty in 1998. I joined uh, a year before that in the delayed entry program at the age of 17 in, in 1997. And during that uh, era, the, in 1997, President Clinton's uh, um, cabinet was putting together what was called the Anthrax Vaccine Immunization Project. And why I'm stating that now is because we'll get into that in a few minutes. The Aviat program is very impor- excuse me, important in my life and the reason why I started the charity. And so I served during the a- army on active duty from 1998 to 2008. And I joined at the age of 18, like I stated, a healthy young female with no problems. And my parents have no um, genetic issues as well. There's no cancer in my family, nothing to the extreme that would cause such heartache in my um, system today. So as I stated, I was on active duty for 10 years. I went through um, very rigorous training, at the fort jackson for basic training so uh, as many have stated that it's at camp jackson and uh, as i recall it was very uh, strenuous through soft stand marching everywhere through uh, a long time of training in uh, the august heat so south carolina for me was very challenging and i made it through some uh, basic training, just like everyone else. And uh, at the end of my training, I recall, I had uh, severe edema in my lower legs. And I remember this because my soldiers were stating, what's wrong with your legs? Why, why do you have so much inflammation? And we had to wear our pumps and our skirts to go through basic training. So that was where my very first encounter of what was really going on with my body at that time. So I, I went through basic training and I went to AIT at Fort Lee, Virginia for um, becoming a fuel system supply specialist. And then uh, something I didn't sign up for was an additional skill identifier that the army decided I needed to have and sent me to uh, Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri for 88 mic training. TO BECOME A TRUCK DRIVER IN ADDITION TO fuel SYSTEM SUPPLY. SO I WENT TO MY FIRST DUTY STATION IN uh, FEBRUARY OF 1999 AT THE HUNTER ARMY AIRFIELD IN GEORGIA WHICH WAS A PART OF FORT STEWART BACK THEN. AND I MET MY FIRST HUSBAND WHICH WAS ON ACTIVE DUTY AS WELL. WE STARTED A FAMILY AND ENDED UP HAVING TWO DAUGHTERS WHILE I WAS ON ACTIVE DUTY. Um, WE HAD A family care plan issues, so we both got out before 9-11 happened and then uh, of course 9-11 happened and we decided to go back in. So in October of 2001, we both went back in the Army and I changed my MOS to become uh, an administrative specialist. Because that's all I really did when I was in before, because I worked in the office more than I was a fuel system supply specialist. So I was in administration and I got some really great opportunities working for the top generals at Fort Stewart. I went to Thailand uh, working for the the two-star general uh, during the training Cobra Gold exercise in 2002. I got more vaccinations to go overseas for that. And then I decided I wanted to uh, continue my career. So I went back to school And I uh, retook the ASVAB and uh, raised my GT score to become anything in the military. Um, So I decided to become a counterintelligence special agent and went to training at Fort Huachuca in uh, 2006 to 2007. And then the army decided to send me to, uh, (laughs) excuse me, South Korea to be part of the second infantry division at Camp Red Cloud. So of course I got more vaccinations to go overseas to be part of uh, Korea's deployment. And I was there for about two months before I became very ill. And um, on top of that, I had injuries. And so I was suffering uh, throughout my military career. I had a a permanent profile for no running. Um, And then I also had a permanent profile for a disease that was called Raynaud's phenomenon. And I had to wear um, several different types of winter attire um, in my military gear um, because of the way that the the medical condition presented in the body. So like I said, I had a very challenging 10 years on active duty. And when I was in Korea, it became so challenging, I couldn't do my job. And they decided to send me back to um, the first of its kind at Fort Stewart, or excuse me, Fort Lewis, Washington. Uh, Warrior Transition Battalion. And so as I was going through this Warrior Transition Battalion, they decided that um, I was found unfit for duty. And instead of retiring me, they gave me a severance pay at 20%. And then the VA directly gave me 60% because I was that severely injured and ill.
0: Wow! And I had
1: to fight and pay um, over $20,000 in lawyer's fees to get the rest of my percentage
0: and my SSDI that I have today. Wow. And and see, that's, I guess that's one of the problems. I think a a lot of us, the Desert Storm vets and even the Gulf War vets, Iraqi freedom veterans. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Afghan, Afghanistan, I mean, even the Vietnam guys, you know, we don't all know what all we were exposed to, but we all share the same thing. We have problems and we want the VA to figure it out and fix it. And sometimes they'll feel like there there's hope and then sometimes there isn't. Some doctors will say, well, let's go this round. Let's let's go this round. And they, you know as well as I do, dealing with the VA isn't the most easiest thing in the world. But it depends where you live. I mean, I don't know if you got to listen to any of the episodes that we had on with uh, like Greg coming on all the way from Mike coming on and... Alon, and everybody, everybody has different experiences coming on. John, you know, he had great experiences. I, I had good experiences. But the problem is these aren't cures. All they are is a temporary fix. And so th- I think there needs to be a whole lot more research done as far as, you know, the desert storm. What the guys, out, guys and gals, all them were exposed to out there. And then what y'all were exposed to, what possible play did the vaccines have or the P tabs had? So all of us are in this together. It doesn't matter, you know, when, when you went in. We're, we're all veterans. We're all here to help each other. And I, I, I mean, you're probably the first one that I really haven't got a chance to really talk to, talk to beforehand. But I, I know whenever I went in, like. The, the VA, I, I was young, so I was like, oh, I'm invincible. Well, then you get older, and then you start realizing, wait, so this is still connected to this, this is connected to this, and back and forth. So, you know, I want to talk about the Operation Truth of the Gulf War Illness Suffering Unit. Unite. I really want to know more about what this this is about. So let's kind of get into that.
1: Absolutely. So as anything starts, uh, there's a beginning. And for the beginning for Operation Truth, Go Forward, and the Suffering Unite for me back in 2017, I realized that there wasn't any um, organizations on Facebook or social media platforms that were really talking about vaccine injury and as opposed to just one Facebook group, which as we all know, is the anthrax vaccine related Facebook group. And so there wasn't anything specific to uh, conducting research uh, or uh, what we were going to do uh, like they have been doing for the burn pits and other types of exposures and gaining what needed to be done through Congress. And so uh, I decided in 2017 that I would start a Facebook group and it started with me just um, getting people's stories. And I had a closed group and was starting to get these stories. And then I realized I needed to do more. Like the, there's, we need to do more than just tell stories. And so that's when I started looking into was starting a charity And I started the 501c3 in 2019. I applied, I paid the fee out of my own uh, pocket and uh, we became an official 501c3 in the end of 2019. And so uh, at that time I decided that what we needed to do our mission was research. And uh, I started to grow my team and started realizing that there was a, a, a lot of individuals and groups that did not want to talk about this topic. And not just in the civilian community, not just in the government community, but in our own veteran community that didn't want to talk about this topic. And they were so adamant about uh, it can't be the vaccines. There's no, there's no way that this exposure, this go for illness, this chronic multi-symptom illness could be caused by vaccines and we're not saying that it's caused by vaccines we're saying that the possibility that for some of us that were exposed it's been caused as a result of vaccines and possibly in addition to your exposures from the war related environmental exposures could uh, exasperate from these vaccine vaccines in addition so there are Uh, absolutely evidence uh, stating that myself and others are more prone to getting these types of vaccine injuries. And so what we're doing and um, what we have found from an organization out of California, a research group um, has agreed to conduct uh, genetic research to determine who's more susceptible to vaccine injury, um, whether it be adjuvants or other ingredients. And what they have found with the malaria pills, with individuals that can't take the malaria pills, is a a biomarker on their blood that prevents them, that causes them to have an um, adverse reaction. And they found this from um, seeing this uh, in prevalent in other service members. And so instead of these service members getting this anti-malaria pill, they got a different preventative measure. And so that's what we're, we're going to achieve as well for the anthrax vaccine and possibly other preventive measures. Once we continue more research and determine what it is, is it these biomarkers? Is it something more? Is it the way that we are um, giving and administrating these vaccines? Obviously, it's not a good idea to give a soldier the anthrax vaccine with the smallpox vaccine with another anthrax vaccine within a 48-hour time period. But that is exactly what they did to me on my way to Korea in 2007. So it's definitely something that we need to have uh, more governing of how it's administered and who it's administered to. And the only way to determine this is through research.
0: Right. Correct. I, I agree. I agree 100%. And that—that's why there's so many researchers out there, that you know I, I've had on the show, and uh, I've, I've been talking with other ones. Is there? There is, and that's where I think we need to change a little bit of things up. I, I think that there needs to be research for, you know, of course the the nine eleven. There needs to be research money for, you know, the the vaccine researchers and then the chemical warfare aspect of it but they all need to be funded differently not put in into one thing they they need to be separated and they they need to be paid because what your experience may be a little bit different than what I experienced so and i i know with me i have like the last time i went i went in for it was two 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 and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago. I have essential tremors now where my, my head shakes and it's progressively get getting worse. And, you know, And some people say, hey, you know what? It could be this. It could be that. It could be a part of this. It's not, you know, I'm glad they said it wasn't Parkinson's, but heck, I mean, soon I'm not going to need a freaking spoon to stir my coffee if it keeps going on. You know, that, that's how I feel about it. It's like, okay, we'll figure out how do we stop it? And then the doctor's like, well, I don't want to give you medicine. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, if you take medicine for this, it's going to totally change your whole entire life. Well, how in the hell do you stop it? You just deal with it, I guess. That's the way he was telling me. And,
1: yeah, and, and it all depends on what neurologists and what specialists you speak to when it comes to tremors. And before I jump into that, I just wanted to speak to what you said about having individual funding. And that's exactly what we at Operation Truth are trying to achieve uh, through a uh, proposal through the VA and Congress is that an additional CDMRP for that, that grant, that federal grant to get that funding so that we can have that additional rack because that is, like you stated, so important for that additional research advisory committee for this portion of this exposure, something they should have already done since the very first 90s, since they started the first research advisory committee is continue to add additional CDMRPs so they had additional funding. Um, So hopefully we can get that achieved just like they have for burn pits. I don't, I have not seen anything and I'm hoping that someone can come on and maybe um, speak to this but I haven't seen anything where they are stating that they're having any additional racks or additional CDMRP grant funding for this burn pits. So they're just adding these presentive illnesses for these additional service connections, which is great and is needed. And they have worked so hard and diligently to do, but without that funding, it's just gonna tax the VA even more. And it's gonna uh, bog down the system, that claim system we're, we're already experiencing. And we're going to have doctors that are even more uneducated and um, not understanding and um, having or knowing how to treat and, and um, assist these type of patients. So like you said, we, we need that additional funding. Right. As, uh, well,
0: I got a question for you. How, how is your VA system work for you up there?
1: Well, um, just like you stated earlier, speaking to the, VA's being regional specific, I've been seen as a veteran in three different uh, VA facilities in the state of Texas, the state of Washington and the state of Michigan. I'm currently back in the state of Washington because the Michigan system failed me so much. They were good in in some things where they, uh, two of the VA um, uh, primary care providers actually agreed that I had vaccine immunoglobulin and anti antiseric adverse reaction as a result of the anthrax vaccine. And so they both have placed that on my problem list as being uh, viable medical conditions. In addition to 24 other debilitating medical conditions on my problem list that cause over 60 different sy- symptoms, um, uh, it's, uh, it's troubling to to live with, to say the least to you and get these doctors to agree that these are really occurring. These are doctors or colleagues that diagnosed me in the VA system, not outside the VA system, with the exception of one um, diagnosis from a neuro- neurologist from the University of Washington, which is why I'm back here in Washington State, because they have the educated doctors that I need. And uh, Just a moment.
0: Yeah, that's fine. Well, what what while well, you get something to drink I'll i'll say this it's like when i when i first went in back in uh ninety four and i i had a lot of kidney problems i was passing kidney stones that were inch and a half big ripped my inside out but then i but I was also having problems and then I was also starting to realize that you know my as time went on my digestive system was messed up while I was in but this weekend, me and my wife, we, we went downtown Houston, and we were going to go to concert. so we decided to walk. It was a good distance, but, you know, a 51-year-old guy should be able to walk pretty, pretty damn far, I think. By the time I got back, my feet hurt so bad, and that's the problem with, with neuropathy is that, you know, my doctor's like, it could cure itself or it won't. You, you have a 50-50 shot. To me, that's not an answer. That's like, hey, you know what? Let's just put a bullet chamber around that thing up. Pull the trigger and see what the hell. You got a 50-50 shot. I mean, what kind of credit is that? And that's what I don't think is fair. But this is where Congress needs to step their ass in. Congress and the Senate all need to get together, start passing these bills, and start figuring out what's going on with the veterans. It doesn't matter what branch. It doesn't matter what war. It doesn't matter anything. They need to get together and start figuring this stuff out. I mean, it doesn't, and I tell everybody this all the time. It doesn't matter to me what your political affiliation is. What matters to me is that none of them seem to give a damn. Because if they did, they'd be on TV screaming. I've heard a couple of them screaming, but not my guys who I voted for. And so it's time to change the system. It's time to have the system not work for just us, but work for everybody. And that's the problem we're, we're having right now is they're too busy fighting each other. They're forgetting about the veterans. I mean, downtown Houston, I drove down there. The homeless rate is incredible. I, I mean, it's, it's, I've never seen so many tent cities in my life. And, we saw a homeless guy come walking up and I could tell he was a veteran. And of course I gave him money. Um, I mean, I I can tell what a a homeless veteran is. Why are they sleeping on the streets? Because they're having so many problems. The VA's overloaded. It's time for a change. And the only way we're going to get change is all of us working together. And, And that's how I feel. Absolutely.
1: Which I'm so grateful for you having us on the show because you realize that uniting and working together is really how we make a change. And when you were speaking earlier about the tremors and your neuropathy, there are several different types of neuropathy. And earlier I mentioned that I saw a neurologist at the University of Washington and he diagnosed me with uh, autonomic neuropathy. And so what autonomic neuropathy is, it's a neuropathy of the autonomic nervous system. And so the autonomic nervous system controls your fight or flight or rest and digest. So anything that your body does in accordance to what those things correlate with is going to be disrupted. And so um, just me talking, just me breathing, just... My heart, um, I have a condition called POTS as a result of my autonomic neuropathy. It's, um, it's a very difficult condition in and of itself. Um, as a result, on top of that, I have a platelet disorder. So my body is attacking its platelet, excuse me, its platelets. So um, I bleed out really easily. And so having POTS and that condition makes it difficult for me to stand and walk without passing out and have uh, various other serious complications. So at the age of 41, I can no longer drive. I have to walk with assistance using a cane and a a walker. And I have several other complications that, uh, like I said, is 60 different types of symptoms. And so the neurologist I saw at the University of Washington actually referred me to the Mayo Clinic. And so I was, on my way to Michigan and, and I stayed about, since Mayo Clinic is close to Michigan anyway, why don't you refer me there? And so he did and I ended up getting a letter back from the Mayo Clinic saying that we're no longer taking patients of your kind. And so I ended up getting two more referrals to Mayo Clinic from two other different doctors and they all they kept kept me back with the same thing. So we're no longer taking patients of your kind. And so it's, it's all about that funding and that critical piece of how do we get to the right Congress member? And we haven't yet achieved that as of date, as of today.
0: Well, I'm working on getting a Congressman coming on here that is running for Kevin Brady's seat. I'm going to try to get more than just one. And we're gonna bring all this stuff up. We're gonna bring it to them. I want to know what their objective is. I want to know. Okay, are you going in to really help the people? Or are you not going in to help the people? And I mean, I, I want them lay it out there. Don't just say it. I want you to do it. And but it's funny you bring up pots because one of the listeners on here also said his daughter has pots. My daughter has pots. And I I mean, it is, it is interesting. And that seems to be what our children are dealing with is, you know, side effects from what we have. They, of course, they, they're researching and they're, you know, understanding. We probably won't know until 2082, but hell, you know, but that's, that's the part I'm frustrated because family members don't really have rights to the VA healthcare like we do. Of course, they have outside care and all this stuff, but they need to be able to say, okay, well, if these kids have pots, let's bring them in. Let's do a genetic test. Let's figure out, did it come from dad's side who was in the war or mom's side who wasn't? And so uh, a lot of people are finding that the nervous system that we have are breaking down. I mean, I, I know my nervous system is... I know almost everybody who I talk to have some type of neuropathy. Yours, I've never heard of that. So I, I'm definitely going to look into that. But, you know, having a group like like what you're organizing is great. That way it gets in there. It gets funding for the veterans. And then it won't just be for the Gulf War Vets. It'll also be for other veterans later on down the road to know not what to do, what, what not to do, basically. And so... Go ahead. And
1: the best thing about our research is not is just for veterans and our family members. It would also be for the public and the civilian or global impact this research could have if we were to identify who's more susceptible to vaccine injury. Not only could we decrease vaccine injury, we could decrease vaccine hesitancy because of so many individuals that uh, could possibly... Uh, not want to get the vaccine as a result of not having that knowledge and knowing that they could be potentially injured on top of many other factors and reasons why people choose the medical freedoms that they choose but in addition to autonomic neuropathy I have uh, tremors as you can see that do affect my entire left side of my face it pulls my head And like you were stating with yours starting, mine started several years ago and they still have not identified the cause. They believe that it is a Parkinson's-like condition, but it's not presenting like other conditions. And as you can tell with my voice, I have slowed and slurred speech. And uh, sometimes I speak very quickly and um, it's uh, I'm all over the place when it comes to a medical case, and I understand it's very challenging. And that's uh, one of the major reasons why I've had to move around so much is to find those, those educated doctors to assist. And what I wanna say for veterans um, most is that there is an environmental coordinator system <laughs> and every VA has an environmental coordinator. And if you're experiencing any type of symptoms that are like chronic illness or chronic multi-symptom illness, is to contact your primary care provider and ask them to refer you to your environmental uh, coordinator and have a go for registry exam. Um, That's very important and it doesn't, just occur to those that deployed to Iraq or Afghanistan. if you're having these type of symptoms you can be seen through the for registry exam and you can be seen through risk
0: yeah see and and that that's other i mean there there are so many doctors out there that are wanting to help but there's so many doctors that don't know what is going on with us like I, i've been an outside doctor and I bring in my VA paperwork to him because I couldn't get in for the neuropathy because my feet were happening. And he goes, I'm telling you, it is your B12. And I was like, okay, what causes your B12? He said, well, it's your digestive system. You're just, It just flows out. And I said, okay, but what causes that? You, you know, They can find what's going on, but they can't find the reasoning happening. But as the VA explained it, it, it it can be multiple things, and and this is where I'll say this five hundred times on this show. This is where the two hands don't talk. The VA claims division and your VA doctors. The VA claims division dude do, does not talk to your doctors. You got to give them all the paperwork. You got to give them. Then they send you to an outside jackrabbit freaking place. And then they sit there and they determine whether you have it in a less than a two-minute freaking, I'm I'm trying not to say it by, by words because it makes me so mad for veterans. You go in there, the first thing they say is, how are you doing today? Well, I, I don't say I'm doing good anymore. I learned that. But when you deal with places like VES, LHI, and... To me, LHA is the only one that I've seen so far do examinations. V.S.? That guy sits on a computer, types on it, boom, out the door. And and he's like, oh, yeah, you're going to get it, and then you get a denial letter. And he shows a whole list of crap that they did that they didn't do. And you you know they see so many veterans, that's overloaded. And it, the process has taken way too long, and... You can't go in it alone, alone. you you know that, because you were talking about that, you had to get an attorney for everything, and to me, why should you have to pay that back? Why should that come out of your, your disability? It should come out of the VA, that you got to fight this hard for it, that's just, that's terrible, so we need to come up with a better system for that, do you think, think I'm right on that?
1: absolutely and actually operation Truth's team has came up with a solution for at least the vaccine injury portion and as we were stating before is that additional cdmrp grant if to get anything accomplished we need more funding and there's claiming that there's not enough of it out there but they they can find it and we have to push it and tell them and show them the reason why it's so important to put the funding where it needs to go And as you stated, you were gonna have a Congress member come on the show in the future. If you could please um, push and let him know that the 106th Congress back in the early 2000s did an investigation for the anthrax vaccine immunization program because there were so many service members that were getting court-martialed as a result of not wanting to get the anthrax vaccine. And so the 106th Congress did an investigation and determined all kinds of different things that manufacturer was doing, um, um, practices that were unbecoming, that they were giving the, the vaccination against FDA regulations, and that they were presenting the vaccination for 100% of all service members um, without giving us informed consent and all these other different things. They had given uh, over 2.1 million service members the anthrax vaccine during this AVIT program from 97 to I think like 2002. So the 106 Congress, those congressional members went on to state that we need to take care of the individuals that were affected from this program. And to date, they still haven't. So when you bring on the Congress member, if you could please just inform him of that information, like. You already said that there's people, there's still Congress members that were part of the 106 Congress that are employed today that um, have right. been reaching out to try to uh, let them know, you know, like you need to do what you said you were going to back in the early 2000s and take care of us.
0: Right. And that's the problem. They talk a great big game, but when it comes down to it, they, they don't. And I, I, now I will say this, Sarah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. Is that we, you brought up a really good point about, you know, about Congress and needing to fund and, and get everything. But there's one other thing we're, we're all missing. We don't have enough veterans speaking. We don't have enough of them getting out there, raising their voice and being pissed off. And, and that's the truth. You, you know, a lot of people don't realize the veterans make up a large majority of the United States. And so we, we all need to come together, and let let our voices be heard, you know. Not just one, two, twenty, fifty. I mean, we need to share the heck out of all the information we find. We need to share, you know, information on, you know, well, who, what doctor diagnosed you this? Well, how'd you go through the claims process? You know, how did you get awarded? Because every system is different in the United States. Every VA system is different and that's a problem.
1: Absolutely. And if any veterans are looking to reach out and want to become part of an organization that is making change in the system, we're looking for awareness ambassadors and we will provide you all the templates and information that you will need for every information booth or any type of, uh, in a uh, level that you would like to be a part of is definitely needed uh, to grow our team and to bring awareness to what our mission is uh, and to achieve this uh, funding for research. That's absolutely critical, not just for our veteran community, but for our our civilian community uh, globally.
0: Right. Right. And, and on here, as I'm watching this, the Facebook, um, uh, God put on here. If you raise your voice, you get removed from the, the system, the VA system, and He's right. If you go in there bitching and moaning and groaning and yelling, they will remove you from it. But you can do it without screaming and yelling and going in there. You can. That's why. What are they going to do? Remove every veteran off of that? No, because if one veteran goes down, we should all go down with them.
1: I'm glad that that point was brought up and you absolutely have to do it in a way that they will listen. And I have, I'm pretty sure been placed on the VA's problem child list. They just pass me from doctor to doctor. Uh, when one doctor gives up, I've literally had doctors give up and tell me that they will no longer be my doctor. I've had doctors come out and yell at me uh, out in the waiting room for everyone to hear in the lobby, stating that you don't have vaccine injury. That's not on your problem list. You're not my uh, patient anymore. You need to go see patient advocacy. That happened at the Wyoming VA clinic in Michigan, and uh, the, the problem with the VA, as many problems, is there's no transparency. And so you go to the patient advocate and you say, you know, wow, this doctor did this. I'm sure you heard. Um, And they say, yeah, we did. and Yeah, we talked to him. and Yes, we're going to let you get get another primary care provider. But they never say, okay, this is what happened to the doctor. And we are going to make sure that he doesn't do that or she doesn't do that to another veteran.
0: Well, see, and this is why it is important. Okay, I I do have a question for you in a second, but I want to say this. This is why your congressmen and senators are, are important. Get to know them. They all have a VA system in them. Go in there. Talk, tell them what's going on. Tell them what's happening. If you ever get kicked out of VA, that's first. I tell you what, Kevin Brady's office is going to get asked you, and if I get kicked out, I'll, I'll chew it up and down. I do not care. And that's why we need to get the guys, that the old school guys that have been in there, career politicians, and let's put... Let's put some military guys in there. Let's put some veteran guys in there that know what we're going through. The system will change. And that's why it is so important to go to your local people, to understand them. Your congressmen know, know what they're doing. And I'm telling you, when I went to Kevin Brady's office, I told him what was going on with me. I had the VA call me saying, we apologize. It will never happen again. That's what they're there for. Your congressman's there for you. The VA just can't automatically kick you out because you question them. I mean, they can make your life hell, but they can't, can't kick you out of the system and everything. But there was a question asked uh, by David, and it was like, you know, is there, like, connected to the go for, like, memory loss? Or are you having any problems with that?
1: Absolutely. So, when I went through my medical timeline, I put together all my medical conditions I've been diagnosed with since 1998 to present day. And as I stated, I was diagnosed with over 25 different debilitating medical conditions. I also listed all the symptoms that they cause and determined that I have over 60 different symptoms that I deal with on a daily basis and I went through and determined that I have at least five different medical conditions that cause some form of brain fog, cognitive thinking, or memory issues.
0: And along with the medications, also add to it too.
1: Well, unfortunately, because of the nature of my uh, medical condition, it has caused me to be allergic to all pharmaceutical interventions I have tried. While I was on active duty, My first medical condition, or excuse me, my first medicine that I was allergic to was Sudafed, and I started um, having some severe complications with that medication, and so from there on, I was just, uh, every single medication from every class, I started having some type of complication, and so that's when the VA determined that um, pharmaceutical intervention was not for me. And they continue to try to give me different drugs, of course, because it's the VA. But I've been a cannabis patient since 2008 with uh, a period of two years where I wasn't a cannabis patient when I lived in Texas because it was and still is very illegal for patients in Texas. And I didn't want to have my children taken away from me. So um, I had a very troubling time when I lived in Texas. Yeah. Because I wasn't I was not a cannabis patient um, trying to get narcotics for pain has been very troubling for the chronic pain community, not just veterans, but civilians alike. And it's it's been very troubling, to say the least, just for chronic pain management.
0: Right. And, and you know, also on top of that, you, you know, because I was thinking about the, the vaccines and stuff, you know, what possibly could have caused mine? I honestly believe mine was most likely some type of chemical that Saddam released and also with all the oil well fires that the Navy had experienced while we were out there. And a lot of guys will probably agree with that who were in the Navy. We were exposed to a lot of different chemicals. So I think that's what mostly caused mine because mine is chemical. That That's exactly what the doctor told me. I have a letter that even says some type of chemical is the cause. He can't say it was biological, but he says some type of a chemical in the conditions of the Gulf War. So, you know, on top of that, I do believe people have vaccine, you know, adverse reactions. I, I do. I, I totally believe that 100%. You, you know, and when we were in, I, it's not that I, ho- I don't hold it against any of the military at that time, because when we were in, I think they were trying to do the best that they could for what they had to work with, knowing everything Saddam had. So they were like, here you go, guys. We're going to give you, you know, P-tabs. We're going to give you, you know, the Amthritis. We're going to give you this. We're going to give you that. Just so that way, if he did release it, at least we came home. And then they were, you know, so I think the intentions were good. So I, I, you know, as far as during Desert Storm. I do think the intentions, because I I remember doing a month class just on every different kind of chemical the man had out there. But I do believe that there, I mean, you just said it. Even you taking medications, you have an adverse reaction to it. So there is going to be adverse reactions to a lot of this stuff that nobody knows until we do research on it. I think that's a great statement. There isn't anything wrong with that. They need to get their butts out of their head and start getting some research done. But I think they're working that that way. I, I know talking to a few people that I've already talked to, there's a lot of research already going on. And that's how we get our presumptives. That, they just don't magically come out and say, hey, you know what? This came over here and that came over here, so we're just going to add presumptives. No, what they did was they studied it and said, you know what, what these chemicals mixed with this can cause this, with this chemical, this cause this, you know, and I do see that.
1: Absolutely. And that's how they have become, they being the VA, listed on their public health website, all these different exposures as possible causes for war illness or chronic symptom illness. That's why they've expanded the presumptives to include or what they, uh, the the pits have caused all the different lung issues because they have done this research and they have determined that from this research is causing the symptoms. But what they haven't been conducting is the appropriate research to determine uh, what's causing vaccine injury. The presumptive illness is for that vaccine injury portion. And so, as as early as this last 2019, the National Institute of Health did conduct a study and determined that the there was uh, anthrax to be found in the brains of go for illness um, patients that had caused damage. And so what that is stating that the anthrax um, that that was inactive, obviously, had attached to the antigen or whatever ingredient that allowed it to pass through the blood brain barrier into our brains of these affected veterans and the service members. And so that we need to have more research specifically to determine this factor, this anthrax vaccine, or excuse me, these other vaccines and determine the specific research for those presumptive illnesses. And that's what we need this additional CDMRP grant and research advisory committee for.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, I mean, that's why I think there ought to be separate research fundings. I do. I mean, let's get one. For, let's get one for strictly for oil, oil pit I mean, oil, oil field fires. Let's get one for burn pit fires. let's get one for 9-11. Let's get one for vaccine. Let's get one. They don't need to be balled into one and everything. And let, let me tell y'all, my VA doctor listens to my program. And so, one hundred percent. So, and they—they they literally, you know. And and he likes it, you know. He he told me he's like it, it's it's entertaining. He goes and it's information. He goes, you're getting the word out there. You're trying to get things spread. The VA doesn't have enough information yet. They they have enough to know that this stuff caused it. They just don't know how to one hundred percent fix it. And so. But I I think this is a great nonprofit, and we're definitely going to put it up on our site for sure. And I hope each and every person goes out there and checks it. And is there anything else we're we're missing that you want to talk about?
1: I just want to say thank you so much for the opportunity, and thank you for the support. Um, You know, in today's vaccination climate, it's very challenging. It's like the unvaccinated against the vaccinated. There's a lot of misinformation being placed out there and a lot of people saying, well, if you're not vaccinated, you can't come around me. And That's unfortunate because I can't get vaccinated and there's other people in my demographic that can't get vaccinated. It's not choice. It's because I can't, I physically can't. It will make uh, my body, it it does not outweigh the risks for me. And so I have to take other precautions to ensure my safety, just as others that have chosen to for medical reasons or otherwise to not get vaccinated. So um, let's be compassionate, let's be understanding, let's stop the division that uh, some individuals and groups have created. And let's get back to um, what, what we understand to be the reason for us coming together in the first place is bringing knowledge to the table being unbiased, uh, knowledge, fact-based, uh, veteran, uh, oriented assistance, helping veterans, because I, I, that's really where we are at in this, this, I, um,
0: I agree 120% with you because I mean, I, I got vaccinated and, uh, you, you know what I, I know uh, I have friends that can't get vaccinated because of the symptoms that they have. Their doctor's like, I'm not right now, you can't. But my doctor was like, you're gonna go get vaccinated. I had the virus. I know how it felt. I don't ever want that crap again. It hurt like hell. But after I got the after I got it, I got the vaccine. This comes from the VA. Everybody, Let's what about to tell y'all. She told me do not go get get my booster shot. She said you're fine. She said I just wanted you to get one, but that was because the type of neuropathy I had she was more afraid that it was going to attack because it did. That's the worst thing I've ever felt in my lifetime. But I can honestly say that you're right. People need to start stop arguing. They need to stop bitching at each other. They need to step in and say, hey, you know what? There's people who can't get it, and then there's people who need it. And there's the people in between. And I think everybody who really, really, Need it, needs to get out there and go get it. The people who want it, go get it. The people who can't, I understand 100%. You know, it, it's, to me, that's why we fought for everybody's freedom. You know, everybody has that choice. Just do what the doctor says. That's how I feel about it. If my doctor says, hey, you can't go get it, I'm not going to go get it. If they tell me you have to go get it, you need to because of your conditions, I want you to go get it, I'm going to go get it. But... I. I you know I think that's what a lot of veterans' problems are right now is with everything we've gone through with them not knowing what's caused our problems that's what's making everybody so so on edge on this and 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 it needs to come to a halt. misinformation needs to be gone about it. Let's start listening to you know the 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 real researchers that actually give a crap about us and and all that and there is one. Gulf War uh, veteran doctor, I will say, and I can't remember her name, but uh, I was introduced to uh, a newscaster from the Gulf War to uh, a guy that I've talked to on my program named Steven. And that doctor said, and, and what's remarkable, most Gulf War veterans, she's not talking about Desert Storm, Gulf War veterans are aging faster than any other veteran group. And they're having a lot more neurological problems. And they're more acceptable if they need to get out there and get the vaccine to get it. That's exactly what she said. She said, but there are some who can't get it because of the conditions like you were just saying. So we need to be compassionate. They just need to be careful and everything. And so, you know, I I didn't have any issues. They stuck me in the arm and I didn't have any issues. But each person... Has their own, their body's going to tell them what to do, and that's what I'm. I, I go with, and that's why I want you to go with. But I, I definitely want you to keep in touch with me, please. I, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to be checking this out. We'll get it up on the website, and I really appreciate you, appreciate you coming on. <laughs> and see, I talk fast too, but I do it in redneck talk. You know, that's what us Texas guys do. We just talk real fast. And then it kind of makes sense.
1: (laughs) I just wanted to say Operation Truth, we do our best to be an unbiased approach. And uh, as a result of my vaccine injury, I would never tell anybody to do anything that I wouldn't do. And so I can't get vaccinated, so I would never tell anybody to get vaccinated. And for my own personal reasons, I don't tell people what to do because I feel that If something were to occur negatively as a result of what I informed them to do, I would feel deep empathy and want to do what I can to help them. And I can't help everybody. So I'm not gonna tell anybody else how to live their life and the choices that they make. All I'm gonna do is inform others of what I have gone through and what the National Institute of Health has conducted and their research has proven that the evidence-based information is placed out there with an unbiased approach. And what we're about is inclusion, including those disabled individuals like myself, who um, are several of our leaders want to exclude with all these mandates that they're trying to have where we have to have vaccines in order to be part of the public and society. And I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to do these different things and with these certain mandates that they're, they're presenting, um, it would be problematic and I would more likely not be able to do any of those.
0: Right. Right. And hopefully this soon goes away. Hopefully all this goes away. Hopefully we can all get back on track, have a, have a normal life again. It would be so nice. And everything. Yeah,
1: it's about inclusion and for everyone.
0: Yeah. In yeah.
1: The, in the disabled world, we're so about ensuring that we include everyone and their disabilities. And this is one of them right but this is one that we barely know anything about we have touched the tip of the iceberg as to the adjuvant induced medical conditions and the their causes within the bodies they just started this research in the um 2011 when they determined the the um adjuvant induced syndrome so we have just touched the tip of the iceberg, the research that needs to be done on this type of vaccination injuries.
0: I agree. I agree 100%. And so uh, with that being said, we're coming to the end of the program, but I do want to wish you well. And please stay in touch with me. I'd I like to know how everything goes. And if you have any problems, you got my, my number now. You can text me, call me anytime. And everything, but I do want to let everybody know that there was a veteran that me and John uh, we were working with his daughter, and she was having a hard time with her dad. You know, he trying to get help and and everything. So we literally, I was able to get a hold of uh, out of Mississippi the head head guy for the Veterans Administration out there and now he's back on track to getting help getting health to care for him at home and so you know that's what it's going to take like you said all of us to come together let's stop bickering let's get together let's let's work on this let's let's get the word out there that we just want help and we we want to get things figured out
1: that's great news and thank you so much for all your help and that you do with the veteran community and the support for operation Shoe. If anyone has any, any information that they would like, take a look at our website at OperationTruth.net.
0: And thank you for the opportunity. Have a great evening. You have a great evening. Sarah, Is nice talking with you. You as well. Once again, I'd like to thank Sarah for coming on to this program. Operation Truth Go For Illness Suffering Unite is the nonprofit organization that Sarah's with. And so please go check it out. See what y'all think about it. And I definitely will. And I want everybody to have a great night. Thank you.